0: hello adam
1: hello there oh,
0: hello you yeah all right we'll we'll keep going how are you doing
1: i'm, I'm good thanks you
0: yeah i'm fine yeah yeah uh, can i tell you a little anecdote before we get started
1: oh p- please do tell me i i oftentimes enjoy an anecdote
0: oh uh, good yeah i've noticed that about you so you know our mutual friend ben garlic
1: yes important you, scholar
0: yeah you you know of him i'm I feel fairly sure yeah he shared a really interesting story about how um, actually birds aren't real um, so yeah this man Peter Mackindo he revealed that birds have been replaced by the deep state with surveillance drones and every bird you see is actually a tiny feathered robot watching you
1: wow it is, is that real?
0: it is real it's totally verifiable
1: have you got any receipts for this highly unlikely story that has an underlying satirical resonance?
0: I do, I do. Here are my receipts.
1: Ah yes, so, so th- there they are. Yep, I can confirm, dear listeners, that, that all this checks out. It is in fact true that birds are not real.
0: Of course it's true. I am a reliable source. I am a senior lecturer and I have published in peer review sources to my ideas to support and link to the idea of the truth. <laughs>
1: Oh well, uh, can I can I tell you an anecdote now?
0: You you certainly might. Well, I mean, uh, doubtful given how your voice is coming out right now. But give it a go. Yeah, tell us an anecdote.
1: So I I uh, oftentimes dabble in the world of uh, artistic exhibitions, and uh, recently I uh, put together a balloon that said uh, integrity on it, and it was a very clever satire of institutional integrity, not my integrity, institutional integrity and i basically put this balloon in a box and it said integrity on it and it gradually deflated and it was a comment on institutions losing their integrity over time and and oftentimes people would say to me how great it was but then all of a sudden after many weeks someone took it away they stole my art
0: who took who took your balloon that's awful and um, what yeah that's that's fascinating where the are... How did that kind of play out
1: for you? Well, in a in a strange twist, it actually uh, gen- generated more interest for the artistic installation than there had been before. I was hosting an event for the British Society for 18th Century Studies because I study the 18th century, Uh-oh. which is the... Fourth most recent century, <laughs> uh, it's not as radical or as exciting as the 21st century, um, well, and, it's, no, it? and it's no, and yeah. it's it's not as American as 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 recent centuries either. But <laughs> um, people were coming up to me and saying, "Where's your integrity gone?" And I would say, "It's not my integrity; it's a balloon." And people suggested that I even removed the balloon myself for satirical effect, but I really didn't. My my plan was for it to end up completely sad and empty like like me in my office sitting in the box but it's gone
0: you lost your integrity is that is that really all true
1: it's true it is
0: well and you didn't like plan it it's not all part of some big kind of artistic point
1: i really didn't
0: well, wow, that is amazing. I mean, forgive me for doubting you, but there's there's something dishonest about your voice this afternoon, if you don't mind my saying. But yeah, I, I thought I would check out. So, listeners, here is a little game for you to play. So, one of those things that uh, Adam and I just shared with each other was true. Uh, one of them was a lie, or maybe they were both true, or maybe they were both lies. One, both, or neither was a truth. And one, both, or neither was a hoax. So you have got the time while the theme tune plays for you to decide which is real, and just just have a little think about why we might be trying to mislead you.
1: Oh, no, no. <laughs> okay,
0: so. Um, Hello again, listeners to the proper part of the podcast. Before we discuss and reveal the answer to our little game, we'd just like to welcome a third new voice to the podcast. Some of our more devoted listeners will recognise the name, um, also because I just said it before. It's close friend of the pod, and as of now, our new unpaid intern, senior lecturer in human geography, Dr. Benjamin Garlic. Hello there. <laughs>
1: Oh great to finally have you on the show man or Ben of the pod
2: Cheers pal It's a real pleasure to be here after listening for so long And occasionally getting to write a couple of wee tunes for you guys
1: That's right During the lockdown years You wrote quite a few little Jungles <laughs> for us Jin- jingles. jingles for us
2: Aye listeners might remember listening to such hits such News 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 Satire news. And of course Karen and Gammon talk about salmon
0: <laughs> And Ben, uh Ben, Ben, old pal Ben, you work on birds, don't you?
2: Aye, that's right, or at least that's how it all started. My PhD was on the historical geographies of Pandian Halataceous Bird Conservation in the 19th and
1: 20th century of Scotland.
0: What does that even mean? Ah, oh, probably
1: he uh, counts uh, ospreys or something. <laughs> no,
0: that would be, that'd be ludicrous, wouldn't it? Do do you, Ben? Do you just count I, ospreys?
2: I, I count ospreys. In the last few years, I've been interested in literary geographies of landscape, and most recently, Adam and I have been working on something <laughs> to do with birds in 18th century satire. Now, c- can I just say, actually, being here in the booth on the podcast, I can't help noticing something a wee bit different about real life, Adam.
0: Yes, well, here is where we need to explain something. So, some of the more eagle-eared of you or osprey-eared i don't know if do ospreys have good ears aye yeah i thought they would because birds do don't they so um some of our more osprey-eared listeners may have noticed that adam sounds a little bit different today and that's because we've had no choice but to temporary temporarily recast him Um, as host after he was cancelled for doing a tweet about Ricky Gervais and more on that subject in a moment. But so what we've had to do, and I appreciate this may seem needlessly complicated and somewhat surreal, is we've got a guest actor in to play the role of Adam. And that is in fact, our new unpaid intern, ben garlic but that left ben garlic unable to complete his unpaid intern duties so we have let adam do that um because we it's kind of safe as long as he's not an, a main part he's not the main event in this podcast so i hope that that is really clear and um, do give me a yell if you've got any questions but yeah so he did a, a bad bad tweet about ricky gervais
1: oh dear what what did he say
0: Well you would know, you are him (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what you said Adam Um, He said that he thought the end of Afterlife Season 3 was really really good
2: And presumably folks didn't like that because Ricky Gervais is such a controversial figure Right now specifically, given the content and reception of his latest Netflix special I imagine the hordes of Twitter would have retrospectively tainted his entire body of work
0: No, I think it was just because the end of Afterlife Season 3 is objectively utter shit
2: Come on, Ben, Aye, reply. Fair. Aye, that's fair.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, listeners, so you now have at least three stories to choose from, which are real and which are hoaxes. Is there genuinely a movement in America um, that has replaced all of America's birds with uh, tiny flying robots? Did the integrity balloon get silently removed from the satire unit? Did Adam get cancelled and recast on this very podcast? What is... <laughs> that one, do do you one me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Boom. So, um, where to start? Well,
2: I haven't really been cancelled or recast.
0: Oh, you sound a bit different It's there. me! <laughs> <laughs> it's a real Adam Smith. Uh, Listen, my... I am now playing Adam. I'm going <laughs> to do both the roles. He can't be trusted um, and also Ben. But no, not really. I, wouldn't, I don't think I could take that on. Yes, no. anyway, go on. Um,
2: yeah, f- well, I think the interesting thing about all of these hoaxes is... Uh, some of them they have got the germ of truth in them and I suppose the germ of truth in that one is that the end of afterlife season three was utter shit but yeah. I didn't get cancelled for just the it. end uh, well most of everything after the second, first, first season, season. Yeah, yeah. actually the first season was a bit ropey yeah. everything after the first episode <laughs> was going downhill <laughs> But no, I am still here. Um, but that little conceit has allowed us to welcome onto the podcast the real garlic.
0: the real brown garlic. Let everyone
2: know what you sound like. So they can hear a good my Hello, was.
1: this yes. is my real voice. Um, thank you very much for allowing me to appear on the podcast <laughs> in this extended opening skit. What an honour!
0: <laughs> well, we we are the ones who are honoured, truly. I, yeah. I, I wasn't that honoured by the impression <laughs> <itself>. <laughs>
1: I don't know what you mean.
0: I think your impression of Adam is a bit more southern than he is. Yeah, I think, but it's. I uh, don't
1: know what you mean.
0: <laughs> there's definitely, uh, there's definitely some good little details but, in there. But this is the second time,
2: dear listeners, that someone has impersonated me. Joe, you Ever. impersonated me last week. No, just in the last seven days. You impersonated me last Thursday. Yeah. Can you remember how it went?
0: Um. It was. Oh, I like Star Wars and flattering people. And that's I don't know did I do that voice is that? It was, to yeah. be fair
2: that was quite a nice uh, little impression but I don't touch yeah. people all the time no. and uh, and I don't like Star Wars uh, you do like well, Star Wars well I do Wars. like Star Wars but it's not like the core essence of my no. being and also I
0: don't well, was, was that impression the core essence of Ben's being <laughs> that you were doing I thought so it yeah. had Ospreys in it
1: yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty pretty fair as <laughs> <laughs> a distillation.
0: I actually did
2: spend a little bit of time this morning trying really hard to try and do a good impression. And then well, so did I. That's I the sad thing
1: about all of this. I decided not to.
0: I have never heard anyone do an impression of me to my face. So a challenge for listeners might be if you've ever done an impression of me behind my face or in the privacy of your own attic... Um, Write in and let us know, and maybe we can. I can have like a backup Joe in case I get cancelled or just don't want to do this anymore. Um, that'd be really good. So yeah, I don't know. Can, are you tempted? Um,
2: a back. What would a backup Joe sound?
0: Like? A backup can Joe. I, well, it would sound like I normal Joe. That, hopefully, I don't
2: think that sentence quite scans. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that, is that the most <laughs> Joe thing that, that I could say uh, <laughs> Say It's not Based off of Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's not Based off of uh, what You did you
0: do an impression I mean? Of me on the podcast Where you said uh, When I corrected The pronunciation Of Oasthouse house. Oast house. Mm, yeah. There's only one word But yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oust house. Uh, yeah, back to that. You can't the...
2: utilise a spoon to eat yogurt, but you can utilise a spoon to scoop out someone's eye.
0: I was thinking about that, yeah. First, I'm going to use the chilli powder and then I'm going to utilise the spoon. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say yogurt though, I'd say yogurt.
2: No, I, I don't know why I did that. Um,
0: yeah, that was the silliest thing that's happened on this episode so far. Um, and okay. I don't know why I was joking about you being a pedant either. It's pronounced pedant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) So these hoaxes then uh, Is it true about the birds? No But there was a hoax that it was true Mm. And we're going to talk about that later Yeah, so Mm. there's a germ of truth
2: isn't there So birds, as far as we know Haven't been replaced by deep state surveillance robots Yeah But there is a movement that testify to that
0: Yeah yeah. Did the integrity balloon get silently removed from the satire unit? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. We don't know where
2: it is. No. Uh, one of my friends sent me a message. Uh, they're not from York, they're from somewhere else, but they knew about it all from social media. And they insisted that I, that they believe that I've state I've taken it and hidden it as part of the satire. Mm. But as as I said earlier, I honestly really haven't. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, uh, I honestly
2: really haven't.
0: <laughs> you haven't either, Ben. No. no. <laughs> that's, that's Ben Garlic there doing an impression of Ben Garlic. That's uh, <laughs> Ben weird.
2: Adam's impression of Ben.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this, there's a lot of layers to this, and you're gonna have to listen carefully, or you won't keep up, listeners. Um, did Adam get cancelled and recast on this very podcast? No. Um, no, he didn't. So there we go. Yet.
2: No, maybe yeah. things will change after the last 12 minutes. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's so it. So, write so, in and
0: let us know if you can do an impression of me or if you'd like to sack Adam from this very podcast. Because we do know now we've got a very workable alternative. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
2: It's true. Amazing. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Ben, for yeah, being on thanks. the podcast. You're a Thanks, sport. Ben. No problem. It not. <laughs> Don't worry about it, pal. <laughs> And if you didn't like my performance, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs>
0: uh, well, that's that's been a, a lot of fun. Yeah, we've
2: yeah. broken the seal now. We'll have you back on to talk about birds yeah, and great. other things. We've Thanks. broken
0: the seal, jumped the shark, and uh, counted the osprey. So, it's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, Joe, so what is this suddenly very deceptive podcast that listeners have found?
0: Um, this is the podcast that is um, Garlic and War Talk About satire. No, no, with no, that, Joe, no. is finished now. It's is gone. It. It's gone now. It's yeah, ba- I'm back finished. now. That was quite
2: difficult to watch, but I'm
0: back now. <laughs> I know. Well, anyway, it is Smith and War Talk About satire. Damn right. Yeah. Um, podcast on which I, Joe, War, you, Adam Smith talk about the form, points of future and history of satire, and sometimes we have uh, a special guest such as Doctor Garlic. That's um, true, yeah.
2: Um, and uh, we, one of the reasons we do this for lots of reasons, but one reason is to get quantifiable impact for our research. And if people would like to get a free gift and help us with that, if you go to Twitter, go to at Talk About Satire, look at the pin tweet, you'll see there is a link to a, a questionnaire you can fill in. It's a very short questionnaire. It's about how people use the podcast. Um, If you fill in the questionnaire and you're one of the first 20 people to do so, we will send you a copy of our book.
0: Yes, we will.
2: Which is called Contagious Laughter, talking about satire in the age of COVID-19. And it's a good book, isn't it?
0: Yes, it's very good. Yeah, so
2: so please do do that. Yes. Um, And also, just a little funny thing is uh, we were teaching a module together this semester, weren't we? Mm. And we were just looking at the end of module evaluations, and in the box that said what was good about this module, what did somebody write, Joe? Um, they
0: put Smith
2: and War one hundred percent. Smith
0: and War one hundred percent. It's our new tagline.
2: I think we should get that on a t shirt. Well,
0: actually, we can't. Ironically, this actual episode of this actual podcast is not Smith and War one hundred percent, is it? It's Like Smith thirty three point three. War 33.3, 3 garlic <laughs> 33. Well, That's maybe by the end of it, those figures will be different. But anyway, um, yeah. So I do
2: think. 100%. Yeah. And I do genuinely think that if anyone out there wants to start a podcast, the, you, Ben is a perfect person to do a podcast with. He's made for mm. radio, isn't he? And I mean that in a nice way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. He has
0: a good, um, so,
2: good voice. He's got a, good, yeah. got a range of good voices and he's a good stick. So, um, <laughs> and a very clever man as well.
0: Yeah, I can count all those ospreys. If I got to, <laughs> right. When I got to 20, I'd stop. Honest, honest to God, I, like, I haven't got it in me. But yeah, yeah. it just keeps at it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And counts I, I quite counts, appreciate
2: counts it. Because people think geography is just about colouring in.
0: Yeah, but But it's nice about counting ospreys. But also
2: the way that Ben does it, it's philosophy, it's culture, it's literature. I think it's very, it warms my heart that in the last 10 years, it seems that geographers have discovered the discipline of literature. (laughs) Although um, they don't think they have. They think they've discovered something completely new.
0: No, because they'd be like, wow, you know, I've counted seven ospreys today. (laughs) And we'd be like, how about have you thought, like, what is... What does the concept Osprey comprise mm. if, if we were philosophers? Or I've written a poem about an Osprey, yes. or I've analysed a poem about an Osprey. And they're, yeah, they're sort of getting <laughs> getting closer to that, aren't
2: they? They are. They're coming on a treat. Mm. So why why have we <laughs> um, been talking about hoaxing and lying?
0: Because and... that's <clears> the <throat> subject of this week's episode, isn't it? We're going to talk about as many hoaxes as we can um, but before the point where it really becomes ridiculous and we have to stop recording.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
0: one of our listeners got in touch to ask us if we were aware of Gwyneth Paltrow's new $120 diaper. A what? A diaper. A what? um, A diaper is the American um, term for what we in uh, England call a nappy, which is, do you know what nappy is short for? No. Napkin. Really? That's yeah. Put so old-fashioned things refer to them as as the baby's napkin. Oh. Yeah. You wouldn't want to get those two napkins confused. <laughs> would you? I was yeah. just thinking. Well, Set I was... the napkins out for
2: lunch. That diaper and nappy are such peculiar words. Yeah,
0: I've often thought that. Like, where does it where does it come from? Diaper. I mean, you can you can see when it's like, um, you know, we say bath, they say tub. <clears> it's a bathtub. Fair enough. But, um, just to help you then and help you see how it would work in a normal sentence, the word diaper. You can imagine, for example, somebody would say, if they were American, Oh boy, I gotta wash my hands in the faucet after changing that kiddo's diaper before I take him to kindergarten walking on the sidewalk. That's that's how, so. If you if it helps to kind of hear it in a sentence, mm. um, that's Hobie. So, it'd be like. Um, Daphne from Fraser, for example, would say, Oh boy, oh boy, I sure do miss my cockney brothers from back in Manchester, England, Dr. Crane. And also, I need to change my kiddo's diaper. That's (laughs) how she would talk. um, Okay. Because, I mean, although she is English, and you can tell that from her Manchester accent, which is immaculately (laughs) realised, I think within the storyline, because she's been in Seattle a long time, she started to say, like, American things. Okay. um, So she probably would Say diaper, but of course, the show ends before um, Daphne and Niles' child is really a part of the story, so we, okay. we don't get to find out. Yeah, so
2: Gwyneth Paltrow wears a nappy, and a listener thought that we need to know that Gwyneth Paltrow wears a nappy. Um,
0: diaper, think, oh, yeah, as, yeah I, okay. as I've made clear. Um, yeah, no, but it's not Gwyneth Paltrow's nappy, that would be a different kind of story. <laughs> Is a nappy uh, made by her self-care mega-business Goop, which was one of the targets of Lee Stein's 2020 satirical novel Self-Care, which is presumably why this particular listener thought of us when they heard the story. OK,
2: that checks out. So what is the story?
0: OK, so <clears throat> the, in the story, right, in the story, Goop announced that it was now selling a germ, gem... Not germ encrusted. That would be a normal, <laughs> normal nappy. Um, a ge- gem encrusted alpaca wool lined luxury baby diaper slash nappy for one hundred and twenty dollars, and that is ninety eight pounds, ninety eight of your earth pounds in the queen's sterling. Um, so Paltrow posted on Instagram, meet the. Uh, it's got an accent. So I don't know if it's meant to be like Diapay... Uh, Anyway, uh, our new disposable diaper lined with virgin alpaca wool and fastened with amber gemstones known for their ancient emotional cleansing properties. So people on the internet immediately started mocking the diaper slash nappy and it became a viral social media event. And before long, Lorraine Kelly, good old Lorraine Kelly. Lorraine Kelly! Ben, get (laughs) out, it's not your bit now. Was discussing the outrage at Paltrow on her morning TV show. And then a few weeks later, Paltrow revealed it was a hoax um, designed to publicise the high cost of diapers as a major social issue. Um, but as a side effect, this whole stunt had a negative effect on goop stocks and shares. So the question from our listener was, what do we think about that? Is it satire? Is our hoaxes um, part of a some kind of vibe shift? A vibe shift? A vibe shift,
2: okay. yeah. Um Well, I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of our methodology. So what's the corrible, ju- corrigible thing she wants to change?
0: Well, she wants to she change claims. the high cost of diapers. The high apparently. cost of diapers. But then if you're Gwyneth Paltrow, isn't it a bit weird to be het up about the high cost of some things but sell a lot of things for a high cost?
2: So we need to Oh I suppose
0: she's saying like well like a vagina candle is a luxury item but all babies need to wear nappies. Yeah. Um so
2: the so, the change she's trying to enact is the high cost of of these th- things which, yeah. make, which people need.
0: and she's doing it via what what seems like I'm sure it wasn't her idea, but it seems like a kind of knowingness about mm. how she's perceived and what goop is, and that you know people might actually believe this. Mm.
2: But the, so the point, I'm trying to think tidy, about the, the exaggeration. Well, the exaggeration. So, the, the, the thing that's the problem is that nappies are expensive. Mm. She exaggerates that by creating a luxury nappy and charging $120 for it. Well, I don't know if she then, actually
0: created it. Well, you know, that would be a the, lot the, of work to go to. Well, that's it? the idea of the satire. Yeah. But
2: like but then it becomes about the luxury nappy. Surely mm. the point is that normal nappies are expensive, not that there are luxury nappies available in the market. Yeah. So, I think that.
0: Well, I suppose the, the response you'd be looking for would be that people would look at that the the fake diaper mm-hmm. and they'd say well, that's ridiculous. It's literally just for a baby to like defecate in. It's ridiculous that it's got all those gems on and stuff because all it's for is like catching poo.
2: Mm.
0: And maybe presumably, then she'd think they would be like nappies are such a basic necessity mm. that they also. You're right though. It doesn't. It doesn't work because she's not making the point that baby's nappies are overproduced or that Mm. they're elaborate or they've got more expensive components than necessary Mm. she's saying isn't it stupid they're so expensive considering they're fairly basic
2: yeah so because the target isn't transparent enough because I don't think the logic quite works Mm. she then looks like she becomes the point of the satire because it's actually plausible that it would produce 120 dollar Nappy. Yes,
0: it is, yeah.
2: Um, so I think that's a misfire.
0: Yes, I think it is a misfire. <laughs> also, isn't the main issue in the US at the moment the cost of formula milk? What's... Th- I I think it there's, like, um, a shortage of it, and yeah, so yeah. it's really expensive. Is yeah,
2: right? I I don't know that story, but I, I believe formula so. milk Something is like that's that. breast milk that you make out of chemicals.
0: Well, it's formula milk that you yeah. make. It's milk that you make to a formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. like Nesquik.
0: no no no, not not quite like nesquite um not no um but yeah it's um it's for bottle for the babies no milk
2: for the babies yeah yeah um okay so uh, that's i mean
0: i'm not gonna deny nappies are expensive yeah in this country presumably also in america
2: yeah good effort gwyneth paltrow but I, I, i i don't think that's quite worked uh (laughs) <laughs> go mm. see a doctor get yourself checked out <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I mean because she's flogged it as a disposable yeah as well. I mean this is
2: also interesting because it gets us into some of these issues around satirical mm. hoaxes which is that I wonder, and I don't know this is pure speculation but I wonder if as many people are aware of her explaining it as are aware mm. of the original hoax yeah because
0: I'm sure that Lorraine Kelly didn't then like do another episode where she was like it was a joke. Get, no. We've invited her on and it was a hoax. Well, and maybe that, she did. I, I don't want to slander Lorraine Kelly. Don't no. <laughs> come after <laughs> but me But I think
2: some of the examples we're going to talk about
0: Lorraine Kelly be writing to the office for students and swimming Oh, metro. dear. Yeah. yeah. But
2: the, um, the problem is you can't dial it. Once the idea is out there, mm-hmm. even if it comes from a place that is fake, the yeah. idea is out there yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if five years from now people are like oh my god Goop did some crazy things like the $200 vagina candle and the $120 disposable mm. jewelry crusted diaper like it, it's hard to rein the stuff back yeah. in again
0: yeah well it is and that's why you put some um, nappies on them yeah so yeah. hoaxes. That's yeah. a good. Hoax. Hoaxes. Hoaxes. So that's um, what we're talking about.
2: There's been some big literary hoaxes, hasn't in, there? In the history, has yeah. there not? Yes. Yeah.
0: yes, they
2: have. Yes. Um, and I was trying to think of. A, well, I wrote a little list of some of the ones I could think of. So Daniel Defoe, Jodha Playgear. Mm-hmm. You work on. You teach this. You've worked on yep. it. You've spoke about it on other podcasts. Yeah. Would you class that as a hoax? Well,
0: I don't know. I feel like to be a. Ho- I mean, he is pretending, but then. That is kind of what a novel is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think it, it wasn't averse to the idea of people thinking it was like genuinely found footage, but it, it, as far as I know, he didn't particularly push the idea that they should. Mm. Because to me, the point of a hoax is there has to be a moment when you are like, ha ha, it was a hoax. Yeah. And he and, and there has to be a point to that. So he would have to have said, "Guess what, fools! Mm. I am not HD, but but think on." Mm. Right, there's there's not a moment like that with business. No, it, is there? So no. I, I I would perhaps not categorise that. As okay, a hoax. Would you? yeah,
2: I don't think I don't think so. But the, but then it's an interesting one. One of the reasons why I put it in mm. is because you know sometimes it's talked about as a hoax. People didn't necessarily realise it was written by Defoe. They didn't realise it was fictional. But that's also true of the novel generally in the eighteenth century. Like mm. the boundaries between truth and fiction are unstable. The novel is a you know, like not not finished, uh, evolving as mm. a form that is recognisable. So the boundaries between fiction and truth, obviously, are, yeah, are always there. Yeah, I mean, that is, in
0: that's part of like how you present a novel, Jane mm. Eyre, an autobiography. Yeah, like I don't think that Charlotte Bronte was pretending no. she was Jane Eyre, or that Corabell was Jane Eyre and Corabell It's that, yeah.
2: There's a book I was re- uh, recently looking at uh, by Sue Vice called "Textual Deceptions: False Memoirs and Literary Hoaxes in the Contemporary Era," came out in 2014. Mm. And what that is is it. The texts that she discusses in this book are all works of memoir life writing uh, where it later transpires that the person's actual, in inverted commas, actual life doesn't align with the lives that they've talked about. So you have people who aren't working class writing working class struggle mm-hmm. memoirs. That, that, and there are chapters on this happening in terms of race, in terms of you know, all sorts of things. Um, but one of the the book is an interesting going... These are lies. The book mm. is interesting going, look how they're constructed and presented yeah. as a work of fiction. So I think that is similar with the Defoe thing, isn't it? Where hoax and literature, yeah. it's a bit of a blurred line. I think that stuff, it plays differently nowadays, doesn't it? Like if you wrote a memoir and it turned out that that wasn't actually your life...
0: Yeah, I think that might not be might not be met with much appreciation. Yeah, you
2: know. no. Other yeah. examples I thought of: James Macpherson's Ossian poems. You know about these?
0: Oh uh, yeah, I think they're always like shitting on about them in *Sorrows of Young Verto*, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, so maybe. That, or, 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 or maybe hmm. it's an it
2: 18th-century Scottish poet, and he's building up. Well, there's a general movement in Scotland at the time to build up a Scottish literary canon that is. Comparable to, if not better than, the English literary canon. But the problem is, it's they don't... not
0: even real. Well, they, yeah. yeah, because
2: the problem Scotland's got—they don't have a Chaucer or a Shakespeare. Like, they don't have any of these ancient bards mm. that, they, that there are any records of, because so much of it was already transmitted. The the poems were. But then, luckily, James McPherson found and translated all these ancient Scottish poems, which many people, including Samuel Johnson, later proved to be a hoax. a hoax.
0: Yeah, but not, but, but a hoax for a purpose. Mm. Rather than a satirical poem, yeah, and
2: yes, interestingly, people you still see the Fingal poems. Like they did, it did work. Like mm. they are canonical Scottish poems. It doesn't matter that that they were written in the 18th century because James Macpherson still wrote them. So, yeah. so, so it did work out well, I think, for on the whole. Similar case, Thomas Chatterton. A yeah. uh, teenager living in uh, the Lake District in the 18th century. I think he was in the Lake District, wasn't he? But Thomas Chatterton, person oh, in the 18th century. I'm pretty sure it was
0: definitely in the 18th century. In the 18th century, yeah. yeah.
2: Discovered loads of poems written by a 15th century poet called Thomas Rowley. These were hugely celebrated. It later transpired. They weren't. They were written by a teenage Thomas Chatterton. Thomas Chatterton then wrote his own poems as himself. They were unsuccessful and he killed himself.
0: Mm. I mean, I suppose he'd be dead by now, anyway, wouldn't he? So
2: yeah, but he, yeah. he but he became a celebrity for that for that tragedy. But, but yeah, so that so so worked out well for Macpherson. Worked out less well for Chatterton.
0: Indeed, yes. Um, shall we talk about some specifically satirical hoaxes? That yeah. Okay. Happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what's the most satire hoax thing that is the first thing to spring to your mind? Three, two, one, go. It would be
2: the Jonathan Swift, modest John Partridge. Propose. Oh, Modest Proposal. Oh, yeah. right,
0: okay. Think, <laughs> <laughs> okay, gone. You, you say the Partridge. Well, the one. Partridge
2: big stuff one. I think we talked about it in the podcast before, so I'll just go through it really quickly. Uh, there's a man called John Partridge in the 18th century. He is an astrologist and he produces almanacs predicting the future. It really annoyed Jonathan Swift because he couldn't stand the hackery of it at all. Mm. So Jonathan Swift invented a character called Isaac, Isaac. Biggestaff. And he pr- printed a his own almanac predicting that John Partridge was going to die. Uh, the date came round, uh, and he printed another pamphlet saying that John Partridge had now died. John Partridge was not dead. He went home. Apparently, his wife was perplexed to discover that all everyone in the ton thought that he was <laughs> dead. So he printed a pamphlet saying, I'm not dead, and then... Yeah, Swift as Bickerstaff printed another one saying how ghoulish and gas for this man to pretend that John Partridge isn't dead. And this went on. Do you know how long this pamphlet really went on the
0: ton for? The believe him to be dead, but I say that a death may take many forms, including a social death in the ton. Does is it? That not? What he wrote? yeah. Is it
2: not? Yeah, but do you know how long this went on for?
0: About a week. A year. A year. A year. Wow. And the
2: character of Isaac Biggerstaff, who was invented by Swift, but people thought it was a real person, mm. uh, after this hoax, did go on to be revived by Richard Steele in mm. The Tatler.
0: Richard Steele, that's uh, that sort of 1980s novelist of uh, kind of. Sexy romps, isn't
2: it? I think that's Danielle Steele.
0: Oh yes, what an almost amusing misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but you're right, though. Swift did also write *Modest Proposal*, which we've talked about. Yeah, pretty much every episode of the podcast. Not exactly
0: it? a hoax, is It's it, a piece of satire.
2: Yeah, but it, but I listed it because it's sort of indicative mm. of that 18th century print culture again, yeah. where there's you don't really know if it's true or not.
0: What about a hoax that isn't in the 18th century, mm-hmm. in uh, one of the progressively more recent and American centuries, <laughs> um, our own century? Um, it's a Tony McGrath, of course. Yes, a Tony a McGrath. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, was uncovered as being um, actually a man, and uh, actually a man by the name of Andrew Doyle. Mm-hmm. He's actually been on this podcast, mm-hmm. um, but had been, had, I mean, yeah, had had, had a, a fake. Twitter account or real Twitter account yeah. um, under this persona of Titanium McGrath for a couple of years yeah later, yeah There's um, a, a real. Yeah. there was a
2: real sweet spot where people weren't sure whether yeah. titanium McGrath was apparent I think sometimes they're not. still not okay, yeah it's true yeah. yeah good and we did a hoax in the pandemic didn't we
0: oh yeah well I, I did didn't I uh, a reading of Journal of the Plague year in which I kind of satirised the extent to which people were uh, looking to Journal of a Plague Year as though it was sort of exactly the same mm-hmm. as what we were going through in spring 2020. Um, and then it sort of wafted off into something more more recent and more about Alison Pearson. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I hoaxed you for a bit. You believed it was Defoe for slightly longer well, yeah, than but, it actually was. But then you? we took
2: it a bit further because I put it on my blog. Oh, yeah, and said yeah. that, uh, because at this time, I don't know if people remember or even saw, but at this moment in the pandemic, you couldn't go on Twitter without someone having, like, here's how Camus's Plague can help us understand the mm. plague. Here's how Daniel Defoe's the plague. And so we we did, I posted this thing that Joe had written. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I posted this thing that Joe had written. Just being in character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I posted this thing that Joe had written on my blog. Um, and said that it was transcribed from the archive and I gave it a headline which was like how Jonathan Swift's Journal of the Plague can help us through lockdown two or something like that. <laughs> and I tweeted it and the point of the satire was that people just retweet things without reading them, mm. don't they, all the time. Um, and yeah, it was on there for a couple of days. Quite quickly, um, one scholar, Nush Powell from America, saw that it was a joke and like winked, they sent me like a wink emoji. But then a few weeks later, someone, again, someone I like, esteemed... Uh, scholar in the 18th century included it in a top 10 list of blogs about 18th century pandemics Um and I had to send them a dm and say oh that was a joke so oh, so yeah. it's like but that person that that was how the satire was supposed to work I just mm. didn't want it to work on someone I liked
0: yeah yeah <laughs> that's uh, that's fair enough that's probably what distinguishes you from like one of those but I will say, if you, if
2: you read through all of it and you actually do think, you get to the end, you think that Daniel Defoe was writing about Andrea. Uh, who is it? Andrea Pearson. Um, Alison Pearson. Alice, you think that Defoe's to Alison Pearson? Even after that, it says, "Click here to see the original facsimile." If you click it, in massive red letters, it says, "This is a hoax," and there's a paragraph mm. explaining why. Um,
0: wow. But that, that one involves to the end of stuff I guess, it, was that, again. Well, that again—that yeah. was part of the
2: point. But I didn't yeah. want to catch out a, 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 like an esteemed professor of 18th-century studies. Anyway. Mm. It's interesting. There are lots of ethical implications to all these yes. hoaxes. Let's talk about some
0: case studies. Case studies yeah. to do this.
2: so explicitly from this point on, we're talking about hoaxes and satire. Hoaxes
0: and satire. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's get Ben in to do a jingle. Hoaxes and satire. Hoaxes and satire. Satire and hoaxes. Buh, 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 buh we uh, yeah. go. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. You can go again now. Okay. Cheers. See you yeah. later. So, do you want to talk to us about
2: the yeah. Liam Evans the Affair? The Liam Evans Affair, yeah. So, the Liam Evans Affair began with an article p- published in the Independent on the 26th of February 2019, and it had the headline, As a comedy aficionado, I'm appalled at disgusting jokes and in inverted commas creeping back into the industry. Comedians crying free speech isn't good enough. Hate crime laws should apply to us all. Okay. Um so the article made the case that comedians who uh, make, in again inverted commas, problematic jokes, should be subjected to actual criminal investigation. It criticised Ricky Gervais, uh, Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K., someone called Finn Taylor—I don't know who that is—but it, is. uh, it concludes. Maybe
0: it's a hoax character.
2: Here <laughs> I mean, it is. But it concludes that such such comics should be subjected to hate crime laws, and that crime speech isn't enough.
0: Crime free speech.
2: Sorry, crime free speech isn't enough. It was originally published with the title. As a new comedian working the circuit, I'm appalled at disgusting jokes creeping into the industry. But Mm -hmm. then someone we're familiar with on the podcast, uh, Mm a friend of the pod, Stuart Lee... Mm -hmm. Uh, did some investigating and found out that the only trace of this supposed comedian, Liam Evans, was a Twitter account with a handful of followers which described Evans as a comic. So Stuart Lee wrote to Will Gore, the editor of The Independent, asking what checks had been carried out to ensure that Evans was A, real, and B, an actual stand-up comic.
0: So Stuart Lee presumably has read this article and thought, something about that doesn't sound right. Yeah. I don't think that... Anybody is saying that comedians should be subjected to um, hate crime investigation. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so he writes. Yeah, that's
2: <laughs> right. No, that's good. So he writes to Will Gore and Will Gore replies, and then somehow Chortle managed to get a copy of Will Gore's email. I'm assuming that surely gave mm-hmm. that to Chortle, um, and he said, "I'm confident." He, Lee Evans, has done some comedy. Liam Evans. Sorry, Liam Evans. <laughs> Lee Evans, it said, has done comedy, although I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, I'm confident that he has done some comedy. I've no reason to think that Liam isn't a real person. The suggestion I've seen elsewhere is that it's so outlandish that it must be false. But I think this is bizarre. I also reject absolutely the notion that this was, inverted commas, fake news.
0: So that is Gore saying, no, Shirley, I think you're like being a bit paranoid here. Liam is real. I'm pretty sure he's done some comedy. I don't think it's a fair critique to say, oh, this is just so mad and so unlikely. Um, I don't think that really washes. And um, it's interesting that people are are saying it's fake news. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So... Or even though the editor wouldn't agree that it was fake news, and and he didn't think they'd do anything wrong, apparently he did silently amend the title. So as Mm -hmm. I mentioned at the top of this item, it now refers to Evans as a comedy aficionado rather than as a stand-up comedy. Right. But since then, the true author of the article has stepped out of the shadows. Uh, It was a hoax, and Joe, would you like to guess who perpetuated it?
0: Um, Was it? Ricky Gervais? No. Was it is it a comedian? Yes. Is it famous? Arguably. Male or female? Male. Um, give me a clue.
2: Um he's been on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh is it, is it Andrew
2: Doyle? It's Andrew Doyle, yeah. So, and, uh, not only did Andrew Doyle come out and say that he wrote it, he also pointed out that if you look at the first letter of every line, there's an acrostic that spells out Andrew Doyle. Right. Um, so, it was Andrew Doyle who uh. did it. So, Andrew Doyle wrote an article explaining that comedy is hate speech and there needs to be legal ramifications yeah. um, and...
0: Which is the kind of thing to Tony McGrath would also say, isn't yeah, and, yeah. and
2: the precise position that he's always arguing against, yeah. I guess. To, But then he said the reason he did it was to show how lax they are at checking this stuff, to show how easily this kind of thing mm. gets published, to show that there's no fact checkers making sure that, that Liam Evans is or isn't real. So it was sort of a satire on both the media mm. processes. But it
0: is about the whole thing of... Uh, of complaining about jokes as well, isn't it? Otherwise you'd do it about something else. But it's the media so it's, it processes. Well. Yeah, and
2: it, but also the susceptibility of publications to to parrot that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So And Stuart
0: Lee saw that and because Stuart Lee is quite opposed to the idea that um that there's any sort of cancel culture or that there's anything people can't say or that there's, there's such a thing as, like, being harshly judged for saying things on stage. He's, obviously, that's, like, set all his little... Um, yeah, presumably, yeah. Off, yeah. But, yeah, yeah.
2: But what do you think about that? Like, do you think it works as satire? And also, what about the situation where Andrew has had to, like, carefully think through and articulate the exact argument that he opposes and then have it published in a mainstream newspaper?
0: Yeah, well... I mean, that's it's the kind of thing you, in another context you could say it to people as sort of therapy couldn't it? it's like okay i know you find these people abhorrent you you find that point of view really difficult to cope with but what i want you to do for your exercise this week after our our session is to go away and write as if you're that person right hmm. from their perspective they're like what is, what makes them tick what 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 is it what what is it that they think and then it's, but it, it's interesting isn't it in another context that might be quite a healthy thing to yeah. do to for your, for your empathy yeah. but um, in the satirical context it's just a way of uh, kind of stirring yourself up even more isn't it yeah um, yeah uh, what do you think about it
2: I think it works in, in if you think of the editor of The Independent as being the the butt of the joke like the yeah. target of the satire in that he, Andrew Doyle has proven that this can get published without any fact-checking, yeah. and that there's a keenness and appetite for this kind of thing. I think the downside of it, and I'm sure Andrew is aware of this, is that people will have read this and agreed with it. Like, yeah. thousands of people will have. and then he, But I imagine he'd just go, well, you're an idiot if you agree with it. But the problem is, you've just kind of galvanised your opposition, haven't you?
0: Yeah, and, I mean, ultimately, the winner is anyone who wants to make the argument that, of course, there's no censorship in comedy. Of course, there are no things that people can't say. Um, of course, there's no such thing as um, saying the unsayable. And, in fact, the one time when anybody claimed there was, it turned out to be a hoax. So, haha, ha yeah. uh, cancel culture is a right-wing conspiracy, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. So those, that argument kind of triumphs on this occasion, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the
0: next case study? Um, should we have, like, a little moment on that, on a conclusion? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, in conclusion... Was that good satire or barmy old cack? That's an Alan Partridge <laughs> quote. I, I'm not really asking that. Um, in conclusion, was that satire a success? Yes or no? I
2: think it was a satirical no, yes hoax. No. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> okay. And you also think it was a satirical hoax? I think
2: it was a satirical hoax. Mm. I don't know if it was a success.
0: Yeah, it seems like it probably didn't go either but way. But I think
2: it, it meets my extreme. criteria for what is a satirical yes, hoax. Yes,
0: I yeah. think it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about the libs of tiktok um that's a multi-layered um story isn't it so you're familiar with libs of tiktok no Uh, tell me about it like i'm a
2: ridiculous idiot
0: okay um so libs of tiktok is a twitter account which cherry picks some of the most extreme examples of tiktok videos that seem to exemplify excesses of the kind of woke liberal um, TikTok users, it, and and doesn't it, and just kind of tweets them out there. I don't think the account like comments on them or says anything about them. It's just like, look at this hmm. absolute state of that. Yeah. Um. And so I think he's got followers. Obviously, there's an appetite for that on the kind of anti progressive, anti woke, and um and politically right or politically conservative, um who. Because there's something satisfying about seeing that all your all your priors about another um, another group are confirmed when you see like a couple of extreme examples of people kind of I don't know saying they identify as fish or whatever yeah. it confirms everything you think about the TikTok using progressive generation. But I think some of them are. Um, I I think they're also followed by people across the political spectrum Mm on the Libs of TikTok account.
2: So just for people who are listening at home, TikTok is a website where you have small videos which are a few seconds long.
0: That's right.
2: And during the pandemic and afterwards, some people, such as teachers, have done videos which are, frankly, absurd and disturbing. Like, weird. Mm. Weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, Uh, it's...
0: it's the same as Twitter to that extent, yeah. isn't it? Some people can make really thoughtful, clever, entertaining TikToks, mm. and some people can make um, dross.
2: But the problem is, tic, uh, libs of TikTok will cherry, will, will, the cherry pick the up, blow them up, yep. get those people into loads of bother, yep. and those people who are perhaps individuals have come to repre- stand metonymically for the entire. Yes, I've, I, that's what you said. I just wanted to say something. Yeah.
0: But... <laughs> so that's. Uh, that's what a libs of TikTok is, right? Um, and then there was a hoax on it. Do you? Are you still feeling like you need to say something? Do you want no, to? No, no, I want to hear about, about this. No, yeah, you explain Oh, you about don't it. know.
2: Yeah, I don't know anything about oh, it. All
0: right, okay, you, do, you don't know anything about it. So, a little man named Trace Woodgrain, who um, works on the Doctor Reported podcast, um, but did this as a kind of free agent, contacted libs of TikTok with the um the fake news the hoax that um an unnamed school in i think at the earlier on just said like a school in america that a concerned mom had shared on the concerned moms forum or whatever on facebook that her child had come home from school with um hand out some worksheets because it was uh, the furries festival of culture was being celebrated in the. Primary school, what do they call it instead of primary school in America? Whatever primary school kindergarten
2: or something, kindergarten,
0: first grade, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they uh, he got in touch with Libs of TikTok, so I thought he might be interested in this story about this. Um, this concerned mum, her kid is apparently learning all about furries at primary school and having to like think of their what their fursona would be and spending time on this kind of weird. Subculture. What's
2: a fairy? Just for what's a
0: fairy? You can say that if you like. Maybe you're so you. So, my understanding of
2: a fairy is it is somebody who takes pleasure in dressing up as, or yeah, either dressing up as an anthropomorphised animal or yeah. presenting themselves online as a as with an avatar of an anthropomorphised yeah. animal. And I gather that sometimes this can involve sex stuff, but yeah. sometimes but it but just with, involves... e- with each
0: other. With oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And but and, but sometimes
2: yeah. it's just the. Uh,
0: just the dressing. Up. Just the
2: pleasure of dressing up yeah. as an animal and acting like an animal.
0: Yeah, mm. um, and so absolutely fine. Yeah, so trace woodgrain, um, flogged the story to libs of TikTok. Um, no, not who did he go to first before libs of TikTok?
2: He shared it on some kind of forum. Yeah, shared it on some he, he Facebook forum. He put the story, forums, out, there. Forums, put concern, story out there. Concerned parents Facebook forums.
0: And his the story kind of gathered momentum, um, he deliberately kept it vague as to where this so this fictional incident had occurred but um part of the story became that it was what was it in the private school district in Austin Texas oh. um and it's already kind of circulating it's already in the culture and commentators are talking about it about how it's an absolute disgrace that you know we we were told that this was a paranoid fantasy we were told that um kids would never be taught about depravity and bestiality in schools but now my friends it's actually happening um And they were kind of waiting for libs of tiktok to pick this up um which they finally did on the day that libs of tiktok itself the twitter account was unmasked um and and their and their actual identity revealed so just at the moment when people were particularly interested in that twitter account that's when they shared this story um and then it goes kind of
2: Super viral. Super so super viral story involving handouts from a school where student, where children are being taught what fairies are and this and stuff like uh, that. yeah, but it's a hoax.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I think that was clear in the story that Trace Woodgrain made yeah. the handouts. Yeah, up yeah. And so so on. yeah,
2: it's a hoax. So there's this big moment where everyone's getting very excited about it, and then there's a, then it come then Trace Woodgrain comes out and says it's a hoax. Mm. But by that point, it's already been talked about on conservative news channels and news stations. There's the school district is getting a lot of flack for this, Mm -hmm. and then some of the strangest commentators, some of the strangest commentaries, people saying, by virtue of the fact that people believe this might be real, confirms that that this sort of thing is happening everywhere. Um, So yeah, so that was a big a big deal. Um, What do you think about it?
0: Um, I think it's quite funny. Who tells the story better than I just did? i i always appreciate anything that does good mimicry or parody and the fact that they'd gone to the bother of making those worksheets look like real worksheets with the and kind of mimicking the the voice and the style of a primary school handout mm. um, like i have some appreciation for that in terms of like what the outcome of it is like what what's been what's been proved here that the american right are credulous and will believe anything if it confirms their prior beliefs about the progressive left Um, does it prove that young school aged children would never ever be doing um, a special project on the Fairies Festival of Culture not necessarily it I mean I don't think it's necessarily setting out to do that either but it doesn't at the end of it 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 doesn't leave you in a place where it's like ha this this has not happened and would never and could never happen, mm. um, which I suppose is why some of the commentators like Matt, Matt Welsh, was it, were kind of saying, well, if it didn't happen this time, it it could be happening somewhere else mm. or in a different place. But I don't think it. I don't think it explicitly manages to make the point that such an idea is ridiculous and and couldn't happen.
2: Mm.
0: Not not that it necessarily wanted to. No.
2: So what was his point? I think and... his point
0: is that the conservative right are stupid, credulous and will mm. believe anything of um, those they perceive to be libs and especially libs of TikTok.
2: Because there's shades of the other ones here, isn't there? I mean, one of the things that he's proven is that libs of TikTok doesn't do very sufficient fact checking, which is mm. similar to Andrew Doyle getting his thing in The Independent.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and, but then you've also got the Gwyneth Paltrow-Goot problem of you can't bring the idea back in. Yeah like not everyone is who circulates this is going to then read the follow up story about how it was a hoax
0: yeah uh-
2: so you've reinforced the suspicions of, of the, the people yeah, A really satirized. bad
0: unintended consequence would be, um, well, not necessarily really bad, but really unintended, unintended consequence, would be if there had been conversations in staff rooms where somebody had said, have you heard this thing about, I mean, it's getting a lot of sticky in the right-wing press, but there's, there's a school in Austin, Texas, where they're doing like a special fairy week. We could think about having Yeah, the handouts are like right that. here. We could
2: just use these yeah, handouts. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could just download these. Um, that would that would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would. Like, um, do you know what's reminding me of that story about the um, the fake bounty hunter
2: oh, in God. Texas
0: that was had got the girlfriend pregnant well, people, and was going to shot. There's yeah, people. Yeah, people I know who think that's real. People thought that was real is unbelievable. You,
2: can you just quickly talk about that because that's that's a very good example, I think.
0: Mm. Um, so when when did this story break? Twenty twenty one, I think. Twenty twenty one. So draconian anti-abortion rules in texas yep. um led to a situation in which theoretically if you reported a woman for proc- procuring an abortion um, and turned her in then you could um claim a reward mm-hmm. so somebody put out this story um on a i think it was on reddit wasn't it yeah yeah um where somebody had said... Somebody tells the story of how he and a waitress that he met found themselves sinning together, and then she was pregnant. Um, he ac- he accepts that this is God's will, but she um, is insisting that she doesn't want to continue the pregnancy. Um, he then asks the forum, if I pretend to give her a lift to the abortion clinic, but then shop her in on the way um, and claim the claim the bounty would that be would that be terribly wrong? Um and it was it was really fake. And the the way that he writes is kind of like stupid and it's almost like a parody of the way that well to do Americans might think and a badly educated Texan might talk and think. Um but it was it was fake. Yeah. Um and yet it really caught on and lots of people were were tweeting like, you know, this is what we thought would happen when Texas had those laws. You've literally got moronic Texan men bounty hunting f- f- for their own pregnancies they themselves caused. We could, we told you it would be like this. It's like the Handmaid's Tale.
2: But then months after that, I saw someone, a, a, someone I know, an academic who I know, mm. tweeting about it, mm. and saying like, "This is just, this this yeah. is why this is where we are in society." Yeah. Yeah. After it had been debunked, so that's the uh, that's that idea of you can't retract the idea that you can't mm-hmm. retract the concept once it's out there. Interestingly, the fact that that person you mentioned you reminded me there that person wrote it in a way where there's certain stylistic ticks that are screaming out yeah. that it's fake. Trace Ru- woodgrains in the word search on the fairies, but he put in some really sexually explicit fairy code yeah. words and t- as a clue. Andrew Dawe put his own name in his as an acrostic, yeah. so all these people are like but trying to get caught, they're aren't they?
0: Expecting to see, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, there is like a kind of, um, yeah, like you say, almost like, come on, work it out, guys. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, okay, can okay. I tell you about the Take the Pepsi Challenge?
0: Oh, please do tell me about the Pepsi so Challenge. So
2: there's yeah. this character called Vito. You've perhaps heard of him if you're hyper online. He's got a YouTube channel, but and he does pranks. I suppose he they positions them as pranks rather than anything else, doesn't he? Mm. Um, but he did one which I think is quite funny. Uh, called the Take the Pepsi Challenge. So he went to some protests at Berkeley. I'm afraid it's America again, everyone. Mm. Um, but he went to Berkeley. There were some protests. I think this was in the wake of the election of Donald Trump and mm. I think Black Lives Matter was involved in it and stuff. But this was also round about the time where Pepsi, Cola and had... Just
0: to be clear, for because most of our listeners are in the UK, where the Americans would say Pepsi, we would say something like Sainsbury's own brand, Cola. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's, just, it's a very similar Something thing not Coke, not Coke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah so Pepsi um, is is what Daphne from Frasier would drink but uh, yeah. we drink color drinks.
2: So Vito is easy- He's this big guy with a beard and a hat, a cat, baseball cap, and he drives around and does these pranks. So, around about the time that the protests were happening, Pepsi Cola had just released this advert where lots of people are walking in a protest very mm. cheerfully, including Kendall Jenner. Well,
0: especially um, Kendall especially Jenner. Kendall She's Kendall leading Jenner. Them, isn't she? She's yeah. the, the protest. And there's boss a lady. really
2: good tune about it being the revolution, which has yeah. subsequently appeared in Les Mills Body Balance. Um, so, they're walking down the street listening to this music, and then when they get to the line of police. She goes up to the police officer, and it's at they're restaging that scene where mm. the hippie like held up a flower and yeah. was well, she gunned down? And this violence started, didn't it? Oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so but in this version, Kendall Jenner holds out a can of Pepsi to this yeah. police officer, and then the police officer takes it, cracks back the tin, and smiles at camera in a way where I think it, it's supposed to mean we're all friends, mm. but in a way that actually looks quite sinister. Yes, it's very
0: got... odd, isn't it? Because what's happening there are the police saying, Oh go ahead with your protest, we don't mind, now we've got a Pepsi, or is it that Kendall Jenner is saying, oh, just have a Pepsi and we'll call it off, like, there's just something unspecified that's healing about the Pepsi Cola drink. It's really
2: hard to find a copy of this advert on YouTube now. Because it was
0: comprehensively ridiculed. Yeah, Yeah.
2: but there were some very, like, extraordinary memes where you Mm. have basically the whole advert and she gives him the Coke and he cracks it and then it just cuts to scenes of, like, police violence and screaming and shouting and stuff. Um, so yeah, that was that was a stupid thing to do. I don't know who signed off on that. Um, but what Vito decided to do was to drive down to the Berkeley protests, which are obviously protesting uh, Donald Trump and involved Black Lives Matter. And try he says at the start of this video that he's made, he's like, I watched this Pepsi advert recently, um, and th- it suggested that you can resolve violence and conflict and heal the nation through Pepsi. So I've got a van full of Pepsi Cola. I'm going to try and give it to the protesters. Hey, everybody, this is Vito Giswold today we're talking about
3: protest. Oh so uh, right now I'm heading down to Berkeley, California. There's a big protest plan today. You got Trump supporters on one side, you got anti-fascists on the other side. People are fighting in the street, violence, it's crazy. But luckily, I recently watched a Pepsi ad where Kendall Jenner uses Pepsi to basically heal the rift in our great nation. So before I get to the protest, I'm gonna stop at Target real quick, pick up a couple 12 racks, and uh, we're gonna see if we can heal this divide. I'm down I'm down to four Pepsi's already. Who knows? Maybe we can still maybe we can still do some good. We'll see. Alright, we got a little classic fence debate going on here. Let's take a look. I find, I find that people really get their ideas across best when there's a big fence in the way. It's the best way to communicate. Somebody's gonna change somebody's mind today, for sure. Are you guys Coke or Pepsi drinkers? My mom worked at Pepsi. Your mom worked at Pepsi? Oh man, are you guys Coke or Pepsi drinkers? Yes, you? Merlot. Coke? Merlot? <laughs> whoa, oh my God. Oh my God, I gotta bridge the divide. I gotta bridge the divide. <laughs> oh, whoa, what are you? here I'm gonna give you guys a metaphor I'm gonna give you guys a metaphor think about it
2: that's very good yeah so obviously it works better on the visual medium but he's walking around this protest he's running towards violence um, and he, there's loads of clips of him like there's bits later in the video where there is a police officer f- like resting someone to the floor and Vito just runs up and like in his, he's filming his hand and he's got a Pepsi in his hand he's like you guys heal the divide Pepsi <laughs> have a Pepsi um, and he's done a few of these. Yeah. Is it a satirical hoax? Um. Is
0: it satire? No, it's not a hoax. Because okay. what would the hoax be?
2: Well, that the, the, the Pepsi really is on the site trying to heal the divide. I don't know. It's pretentious, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. No,
0: okay. I think he's just mocking and satirising the advert, but he's not hoaxing the people who are there. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he, he he just d- not, yeah, is it?
2: No. Yeah. But, you, but it is satire, do you think?
0: Yeah, I think he's he's satirising Kendall Jenner and Pepsi. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very funny.
2: Yeah, I mean, he did turn up at the the protest outside Netflix over um,
0: Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, with a
2: sign that just said "Jokes are funny," didn't he? And
0: yeah,
2: and I think it was reported as though it was he intended it as an actual counter protest. Yeah, it all escalated, but he was it was intended as a parody of protesters, wasn't it? As much as anything
0: yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas uh, actually here. Mm. They're, they're protesting. He's not parodying the the protest. Is he? he's just parodying the idea, satirizing the idea that Pepsi yeah. would would cure anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Next, birds aren't real. Uh, so we alluded to this. Do you remember when I was talking to you at the very beginning of the show? Birds. Oh no, I suppose we've revealed that now. I remember we were. you
2: were talking to me. I <laughs> you, ben. Adam ben, Smith.
0: Get out! you he, have <laughs> had your bit now. Stop bye it. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay Um, no worries pal get out so uh, in 2017 Peter McIndoe who was then 17 was visiting Memphis Tennessee and decided yeah why is it all so (laughs) American um decided to attend a counter-protest to the women's marches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, counter-protest to the women's marches, which were in protest to the installation of uh, grab him in the pussy President Donald grab him in the pussy Trump. Um, and Michael McIndoe said that he noticed the counter protest protesters were big old white men they were aggravators they were encroaching on something that wasn't their event and they had no business being there it felt like chaos because the world felt like chaos um it's not he says not like i sat down and thought i'm gonna make a satire i just thought i should write a sign that has nothing to do with what is going on but like jokes are funny i guess mm. and absurdist statement to bring to the equation so he walks into all these big white counter protesters with a sign that simply says birds aren't real and then uh, someone's filming him on their phone and asked what does it mean so they probably said something like what does your sound mean because they're american <laughs> as you remember oh, yeah. um well, i'm gonna go to the faucet. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, they, they were filming and they said, what did you sign me? And he just, uh, on the spot, pulled pulled this out and said uh, he's part of a 50-year-old movement who were trying to raise awareness of the fact that the deep state had destroyed all the birds in America and replaced them with surveillance drones. And he calmly sort of told everyone that any bird they could see is actually a tiny feathered robot watching them. Uh, the video went viral. Some people, um presumably retweeting it on the grounds of, like look Look what this idiot in America thinks and mm. some, look what this clever man in America thinks mm. uh, isn't that bad about the birds. Um, and it remains the centre of the birds aren't real movement. Um, so am just going to quote Zoe Williams on, mm. the, on the subject right now um, who says, it's the most perfect playful distillation of where we are in relation to the media landscape we've built but can't control and which only half of us can find our way around. It's a made-up conspiracy theory that is just realistic enough, as conspiracies go, to convince QAnon supporters that birds aren't real. has just enough satirical flags that Generation Z, or Z, as the Americans Mm. would say, Generation Z, (laughs) recognises immediately what is going on. It's a conspiracy within a conspiracy, a little aneurysm of reality and mockery in the bloodstream of the mad Pizzagate-style theories that animate the alt-right.
2: That needs someone packing, doesn't it? So, um, QAnon... <sighs> it's, it's just like
0: Americans it. that believe mad shit, don't they? Yeah, so, QAnon, they believe... They believe that there's like a... Hillary Clinton drinks baby's blood, all that sort of thing. They believe that yeah.
2: a, there's a, government-wide, a country-wide yeah. conspiracy of elites who uh, do paedophile rings. And mm. and the Pizzagate thing was a, a, a bit of this where... Um, uh, a bit of this where they managed to... Co- the, the, the joke, the, the sort of hoax was... That there was a paedophile ring underneath a pizza shop.
0: Yeah, um, and that pizza restaurant has been like subject to. Yeah, horrific horrific violence, um, but there isn't
2: even a basement under the pizza shop. So, Uh, yeah. So, so, so she's saying. Does QAnon
0: believe mad shit? And what she's observing is this is like it's plausible as a mad shit thing that QAnon might recognize, but Mm. it also flags itself as as satirical, but it, it sort of throws all kinds of lights on where we are as a society and yeah, what we so
2: believe we're in a world where lots of people do violently believe that QAnon is the case how, mm. how much of a stretch is it for them people to also believe that birds are yeah. surveillance robots but then the thing is I was googling around this and I don't I can't find the words to describe what birds aren't real is because there are like birds aren't real t-shirts birds mm. aren't real memes It's there are birds aren't real it's like an aesthetic yeah Um, it's almost like you're a cosplay or LARP the, the the live action role play the the idea that you are part of a cult that yeah. believes this,
0: or you're just alluding to the fact that you know about a somewhat arcane internet thing. Mm.
2: So that's so that, I mean that's so that on the one hand I don't think every, all the, ki- the young people, all the generations they, had people who are participating in this, mm. who are wearing the Birds up Real T-shirts, I don't think they think, haha, I'm satirising QAnon supporters. Yeah. it's more like they're thinking this is a cool little internet. Phenomena that I'm part of Like mm. a club thing But there is a weird thing I mean, I'm sure it was ever thus Was it not But there is a weird thing At the moment in Oh the current... it was
0: ever thus In the club was a... In our current <laughs> Vime really shift There is like mm.
2: Aesthetics yeah. are a thing aren't they so they're like what's that one so and when I was a kid there was like emos and goths and stuff but now mm-hmm. there's things like dark academia aesthetic
0: yeah and, uh,
2: and yeah. like which basically means you dress like you went to university in the 1920s at Oxford but also with a bit of th- anime
0: and I think sort of Coffee and books and shelves and things mm. like that. Is that sort of fringe dark academia. So I don't know whether
2: that's happened because of things like Pinterest and Instagram or whatever. Yeah. But but this is definitely one of those. So that so it, it is doing this satire, but I don't think its participants are thinking this is satirical. I think it's just a cool mm. thing. The other thing it made me think of is there are a lot, a few of the examples we've talked about today. I mean, are quite close to just t- plain trolling, aren't they? Mm. And trolling is not necessarily satirical. Um, Louis Three did that documentary series recently, didn't he? Uh, I forgot what it was called. Louis Three's America, or <laughs> yeah. Thing. Louis Three, whatever. Terrible American things with Louis Three. Mm. Um, but he, the first episode of that, he's talking about uh, internet places like 4chan and mm. and Reddit and stuff, where there is this kind of nihilistic irony, um, which just trolls for the for the sheer pleasure of it um, and is like a fire like it just eats stuff up and he his argument is that that is a sort of like shell game and within that is racism and xenophobia and all this stuff Um, but that can that's not satire but it can be accidentally yeah this kind of like just nihilistic trolling I I, is there a better way of describing it than that nihilistic
0: trolling this kind of I don't know but I'll tell you what I do hmm. know I bet if you uh, if you made a T-shirt that said Nihilistic Troll on it, mm. Mm, somebody would
2: buy it. Maybe we should do that. So that's two T-shirt yeah. ideas we've got for this episode.
0: Nihilistic Troll and... Smith
2: and & Wall 100%. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: okay, yeah. Okay. So is it... Birds aren't real, historical hoax? Yes.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And what yeah. have we learnt? What have we learnt? Um, that don't trust your osprey ears or eyes... Um, don't trust Ben Garlic when he tells you how many ospreys there are because he might be Adam Smith in disguise, and Adam Smith knows shit all about ospreys. It, it wouldn't. You, would you know an osprey to count it even?
2: I would recognise an osprey. Would you only because of Ben? Okay. Right. <laughs> only because I sat through. Yeah. I mean, I've have enjoyed and witnessed a lot of papers by Ben on ospreys. Yeah. Um, yeah so not, we we learned we that. learned that. Yeah. I think we learned um, that it's really important to think uh, to make it clear what it is you're targeting so that you yourself don't become the target like going to the power track yeah
0: and you've got to think about well yeah you've got to be careful about your target but I think it would also be worthwhile sitting down and thinking like what is the worst way this could Mm. be interpreted what is the worst outcome for me here yeah and it seems like not everybody always does think about that do they
2: no I think there's uh, and I I think you've got to be really careful about the potential collateral damage that you're going to do Mm. like who, who are the people that you're trying to satirise but who else might suffer like yeah. for example the Trace Woodgrains one the school district
0: yeah
2: Um. and I think it sounds like it's best practice to embed in your parody in your hoax a clue yeah and uh, says so that when it is out it
0: seems like the etiquette of the whole thing doesn't it and
2: I guess it's kind of when it, when it all comes out you can be like you can so actually that's interesting you can reassure people that it was intended as a hoax because you put the clue in there mm. Gwyneth Paltrow didn't do that so, you know, some cynical people might believe that maybe that diaper wasn't a hoax, and mm, she's it, only saying that it, now didn't because sell, it didn't sell. Well. She was
0: like, oh, guys, I was kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, if
2: you put the clue in, you're safe for that yeah. regard. Um, and uh, But not all hoaxes are satirical. Mm hmm.
0: Not all satiricals are hoaxes. Yeah.
2: America, at if, 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 if the moment, contemporary America, a teeming ground.
0: For uh, oh, hoaxes. For hoaxes. Yeah. Well, I... well yes, that's been good. Uh, I really enjoyed talking about hoaxes with you and me today. Um, do you think the latest Partygate photos are a hoax?
2: Partygate? Partygate. So, Partygate. <laughs>
0: As we record, uh, Boris Johnson has um, said his humble apology. Has he? Sue Gray, yeah. Sue Gray's report is out. Keir Starmer um, has... Responded to Boris Johnson's humble apology. And, um, yeah, but that's photos. where we're at.
2: So yesterday, photographs were all over the newspapers uh, of the parties. Mm. Boris Johnson is in them. In one, he's got his arms up, hasn't he? Like, yeah. he's sort of cheering.
0: And there's even more of them now in the Sue Report. There's more
2: of them. There's pictures, there's booze, there's hand sanitizer, um There's uh, all sorts of mayhem going on.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? You know, in this, in this day and age of hoaxes, if... If there had been genuinely like a sort of defence of all of this, maybe somebody could have claimed like, well, that is just obviously Mm. a deep fake. That is not Boris Johnson standing there. But as some of the people interviewed over the last few days have said, like everyone kind of knew the game was up because they know what definitely went on.
2: I mean, I asked my followers on Twitter to do a poll. Mm. Which do you think is worse? The parties that happened in COVID when people were dying and couldn't see their friends and family. Or the perpetual and apparent barefaced lying, don't worry, yes. Prime Minister, well, overwhelming the people who mm, said the lies.
0: Yeah, and and I think even more so now because Sue Gray's report includes like a lot of WhatsApp conversations of people saying things like um, when you get here, when you leave, just be mindful. Some of the press will still be outside from before, so don't walk out with yeah. a bottle in your hand. Um, so
2: it's exactly what we've all feared and expected. Yeah. Um I mean, the thing is that I can't like, what has this been like for Boris Johnson on a day-to-day basis? Because at the beginning he comes out and he says, "I don't think I, I'm unaware that anyone." I think it's fine.
0: I don't, I don't. I think it's fine. I think he just all he's ever thinking is, "Will the lie I tell now yeah. get me through to the next de-
2: but, but day?" From his perspective, I'm not sympathetic to him at all. I'm just trying to think like he doesn't give a shit. It must be the no. only answer. But he stood there and he's gone. No rules were broken and they, uh, there's always evidence the that they were but he often has a little
0: smile when he says that yeah. doesn't he he um, knows he and knows then when the, the
2: tinsel bit the mm. photograph of the tinsel came out and he's like well it wasn't a party then he's like I went to the party for a few minutes but I didn't know it was a party mm. and then there's all these pictures of the mm. parties happening
0: but I mean, he's still saying um, well his, his defense has been Downing Street is very very big um, eight then it was a bit like that bit in. Um, well,
2: so so it's not a, not a risk of contagion because it's a big space.
0: I, or, and you couldn't always know how many parties were going on in it because it's so big. Also, that day to day, you know, like nineteen ninety seven, yeah. one died. Ben, stop doing your impression of uh, Adam again. Um, where so basically it's like you know there's been this many days in the pandemic, but um, on most of them we didn't have parties. And his other argument was. It's simply being a good boss to go and say thank you to people that are leaving mm-hmm, Do That's mm-hmm. what I was doing. Do you know what I say. And I'm humble.
2: It's not the fucking rules.
0: No, no. It's I don't not. give a shit,
2: Boris Johnson.
0: So there's there's always a what reason. Your isn't it? Is. Yeah, yeah, there's always a like, well, it wasn't a policy, or oh, I'm sure teachers were doing it too, whatever. No, like it's there's you know no <laughs> way, right. They just they have been taking the piss the entire time. As I replied to your tweet um earlier, it's not so much that they broke the rules or that they lied about is they genuinely never had any intention of following the rules in the Mm. first place Mm. it was never for them
2: it's fucking infuriating isn't it no it's not a
0: hoax nothing about it is a hoax (sighs) Um, mm.
2: There is one other quote that I found whilst I was doing the. You, that listeners might be surprised to know there was some research that took place before mm. this episode. Um, and yeah, I quite liked it. I think it, it might link that idea of hoaxes to that idea of uh, Boris Johnson and all that. Oh, well, if it
0: supports your argument. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: so I found it in John McTagg's very good book, Things That Didn't Happen: Writing Politics and the Counter-Historicals, 1678-1743. Um, although he's actually quoting someone called Hannah Arendt. Is that how you say that? I believe think? so. Hannah Arendt, uh, who in 1969 said this, which I, th- I thought was quite profound. Lies are often much more plausible, more appealing to reason than reality, since the liar has the great advantage of knowing beforehand what the audience wishes or expects to hear. He's prepared his story for public consumption with a careful eye, l- eye, uh, careful eye to make it credible, uh, whereas...
0: And then you've stopped
2: being asked <laughs> to do
0: the quote, haven't you? Maybe <laughs> well, no, I can remember that. Maybe just stop, stop to credible. R- okay, okay go on. <laughs>
2: Uh, whereas in the case of reality, you can't predict what's going to happen next. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. when Ben came in. So,
0: yeah, the um, the truth is less advantageous and less plausible than fiction.
2: Yeah, but, but it is. I thought that was, I mean, yeah. that is, that's how hoaxes work. Because hoaxes wouldn't work if there wasn't some degree of expectation that that sort of thing might happen. Yeah. Um, but it's also anecdotally how it happens all the time like, it, even in a work, in, in a work scenario mm. if there is uh, any kind of ambiguity over what might happen next or what's happening in some regard it's not long before somebody suggests Has what might theory. be the case yeah. um, and often the theories are, seem more plausible than what's actually going to happen mm. because there are all these cogs moving that we can't see on a day to day basis in any scenario yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah. so you can't predict what's going to happen you, you can't, can't predict, predict what's going to happen. You no. can't predict the future. And
0: that's our conclusion. Yeah. You can't um, predict the future.
2: But hoaxes work because we're susceptible to believe that we can.
0: Maybe.
2: No like hoaxes it wor- it oh, hoaxes l- work l- because we like to imagine that we can. Like We like mm. to imagine that we know what... What's yeah, what.
0: Yeah. What makes other people tick tock.
2: We'd be much more credulous if we just all admitted that no one has a fucking clue what's going to yeah. happen next. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about?
2: No, I think that's, I think we've covered quite a lot there. I'm yeah. so tired, y'all. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm tired too. Um, but n- no matter however tired you are, um, sit up, shut up, and <coughs> oh no, <laughs> and eat our satire.
2: Goodbye, listeners. Bye. Oof. Hoaxes.